1: continue tight end week here on the prospects and props podcast Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner back with you here once again on the show the top 16 tight ends for us to discuss here today. Yesterday we went through the first part of this list, discuss some rookie tight ends amongst that group, but now we get into the nitty-gritty, into the top 16 and we get to find out where do the true tight end ones for Jamie really stand, where he really truly feels comfortable taking a tight end here in the 2023 fantasy football season. Uh Jamie, we've got a couple names that we're going to mention here off the top here in this first chunk, but we're saving them for tomorrow's sleeper show because you want to do a further deep dive into them. So I'll make note of them uh, as we go that those are players that we're going to talk about tomorrow. So let's dive right in. Uh, tight end 16, Jelani Woods. He's one that you can move his name over to tomorrow's show. We've got Tyler Higby at tight end 15, Taysom Hill at tight end 14. We could do three whole shows on Taysom Hill, so we're going to slide him over to tomorrow's show as well. Uh, Dawson Knox, tight end 13, Chigo Kanku, tight end 12, uh, Evan Ingram, tight end 11, and Darren Waller, tight end 10. We'll stop there, and then we'll get into the top 10. Uh, Jamie, I think the two big takeaways that I have here are Dawson Knox, tight end 13. Uh, So you still view him as the tight end one there in Buffalo. Uh, And maybe we could talk about Tyler Higbee and Chigo Konku as well.
0: Yeah. And and look, the Dawson Knox conversation is going to bleed into a little bit what we did on yesterday's show where we talked about Dalton Kincaid. But I'm just not ready to say that Kincaid's going to walk in. He's going to take over the tight end. One rules. and are going to get a ton of targets. Dawson Knox has been there. He's gotten paid. He's proven to be at least a, a viable red zone threat for Josh Allen. And I think that best, both these guys are going to be splitting targets a bit. So, I am surprised to see the massive difference in ADP between these two players. And I think Dawson Knox deserves a little bit more love. Now, again, I, I don't have ranked as a tight end one. He's somebody that you should get into your lineup, stream, mix and match based on matchups, who's hot, what offenses are you doing, what at the moment, but someone that's being completely forgotten about in fantasy spheres right now. And I would not only would I not be surprised, but I still think if I had to bet, he will outscore. Dalton Kincaid this year. So it, it's somebody that needs to absolutely be on your fantasy radar. Higby as well, uh, as one of those guys I'm targeting, you know, if I'm, if I'm waiting on my tight end spot, which again, I will suggest we'll, we'll get into the later bit in the show of where my line is of like, where I, I want to pay ADP for these guys. Otherwise I'm just going to sit back and wait. Uh, if I am sitting back and, and waiting, I think Tyler Higby is a really solid option there at tight end 15. Um, Look, there needs to be somebody for secondary targets besides Cooper Cup. And, you know, I know we talked a little bit about Van Jefferson and Puka Nakua and and others during our wide receiver shows, but Tyler Higby has been a guy that's been getting plenty of targets as well in this offense. And we hope right now everything it looks to be okay, that Matthew Stafford's going to come back and, and operate this offense at a, at, at least a, a solid, if not high level, even if the rest of this team is is very troublesome. So he's somebody I like a lot uh, in that
1: spot. And then uh, what was the other name you wanted me to discuss? Well, it, Chico it, it's Chigo because somebody has to catch passes for the Tennessee Titans in 2023, and so he's probably the most likely guy.
0: Yeah, and he's he's got a really exciting skill set. We got to see him flash a bit late last season and... Again, aside from Traylon Burks, there is real uh, no real other quality pass-catching option at wide receiver, at tight end, or even in the backfield, uh, aside from Chico Conquo. So he is somebody that I'm perfectly okay ending my fantasy draft with as my tight end one. Again, you're going to mix and match when you're drafting one of these guys this late. He's tight end 12 for me, but he's got the physical skill set and has got the potential to at least get you some decent numbers in the right matchup, because there are going to be weeks where he's the second most targeted player on this Titans offense. You know, it's probably damning with faint praise, but that still has
1: some value. We are into the top ten, and Jamie, the way that I'm going to do this is I'm going to read names nine through six, and then we'll get into the top five. Is that okay with you? Is that is that, is that sure? Is that fine with you? Uh, nine, Kyle Pitts. Eight, Dalton Schultz seven Pat Fryermouth six David and Joku and so Jamie the obvious question coming out of this tier and looking at these four names is why do you hate Kyle Pitts so much uh I, I don't hate Kyle Pitts Chris uh I
0: he was bad in fantasy last year like there's there's, there's no way around it I, I I can't sugarcoat it I, I can't I can't make it I can't make it any better I will say this he's obviously I know the phrase unicorn was used a lot when he was coming out he's an athletic freak and he is somebody that should be putting up a ton of production and by the way he had a thousand yard season as a rookie tight end which is almost unheard of.
1: Jimmy, he's going into only his third season it feels like we've had Kyle Pitts conversations since 2017 I know we've been and, doing and this what is he like 22 right he's 22 and it feels like we've been doing <laughs> this forever that's how often this conversation comes up with Kyle Pitts
0: here's the thing i like kyle pitts but to me i i can't take him as the tight end five which is where he's going in adp because i think you're you're asking a lot of a team that i don't expect to throw the ball a ton and i think that's the biggest thing that i have an issue with is the volume is going to be a question and yes i know he's clearly the second pass catching option on this team behind drake london but he was that last year too so and i'm not i i know you're a little bit more excited uh, about the Desmond Ritter era than than I am at the moment, but I think regardless, you're getting at best slightly below average quarterback play with significantly below average volume. Doesn't mean a lot of fantasy success, and I don't know what the touchdown volume is going to look like for him, so to me, I'm more comfortable taking him in this middle class tier, which means I'm probably not going to get him. I still think despite the fact that he burned a lot of fantasy managers last year. I still think people are going to want to draft him because of the name. So I I like him here at tight end nine. I don't want to take him uh, at tight end five.
1: Yeah, and as much as I'm a fan of Desmond Ritter, and I discussed that when we did the quarterback show, that I thought he ended the season very well, got those four starts under his belt, and I think that sets him up very nicely for 2023. I'm also not foolish enough to I, I look at the situation and I know Arthur Smith and his tendencies they're going to run the ball a lot just look at the backfield it's Bijan John Robinson Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson if you don't think that there's going to be a heavy emphasis on using those three guys in the running game to open things up for the pass attack uh, that's one thing they've also got John U. Smith in this room as well and they'll find ways to use him and the overall wide receiver group for this Falcons team isn't very good and so I think there's just going to be a priority on running the football for them so as much as I'm, I'm buying in on Desmond Ritter and I think he's going to showcase a guy that can be a starter in this league i'm also you know i, I can read the room and i can read the coaching staff and understand what the situation is going to look like uh, for them in 2023 uh jimmy let's just continue to roll through this list because i think there's fascinating conversations i'm,
0: I'm gonna hit you and usually one of mine uh, i want to talk about quickly and then it's not in this tier that i feel like we glossed over that people might be asking about and it's at number 10 it's darren waller what, i'm sorry th- I, you should have uh, no
1: no I this forgot. is you, you can't use a timeout like to go back to a tier after we've already started a new tier—that feels like you tried to use a timeout for a play that you should have called in the first half that you didn't call. That's not how that works.
0: I mean, it's our show; we can make. It I mean,
1: you use the long. timeout; you can use it for whatever you like. Interest.
0: I just, I just, I, I hate the usage here. Uh, well, okay. I, I, you know what? I'll take note of that, but I don't care. I'm gonna steamroll. <laughs> I pass through it. Darren Waller, tight end ten for me. Uh, this is more of a concern about injury risk for him. Uh, I, I do think he's gonna be. Uh, a highly targeted player in that offense that really needs somebody to soak up some targets, but, uh, the passing volume, isn't going to be great. Uh, and it's so a new we'll offense talk- too, which is a concern, is.
1: right? There's an adjustment period there.
0: Yeah. But I think it's just, it's like the passing volume isn't going to be quite as great. Um, just the way they use Daniel Jones. And I know we'll get into that. We have, uh, we have some interesting QB props coming up on future episodes of this show. I'm not, not putting know, dates on
1: when those shows days. are coming out. Cause I don't know when they're coming out. We're recording them ahead but, of time.
0: But we are going to, yeah, I'm not going to make you do that, but we are going to get into it and we're going to break down each of these offenses and you might be surprised how little Daniel Jones actually throws. So volume concern a little bit for their injury concern for him. So I still like him, but I know he's a name that has been drafted as high as tight end two or three in years past. So I guess you might see him at tight end 10. It might be a little jarring for you, but uh, I like him. I don't love him, but sorry, Chris, we can now get back to the tier that you want to get back to.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's there's worthy conversation about every single one of these guys in this tier, so I was just going to move us right along to Dalton Schultz because this is a guy that I'm super high on here in 2023 because I think he's going to absolutely be a huge benefit to C.J. Stroud in his rookie season down there in Houston. We know Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator there in Houston. We know the tree that he's off of coming from San Francisco. You think San Francisco likes to use the tight end uh, in yeah. their offense with George Kittle? Now, yeah, it helps to have a unit at the position in George Kittle, but if you don't think that Bobby Slobick's going to be drawing out plays that involve Dalton Schultz in the middle of the field and the reason why they went out and got him this offseason, uh, th- that's exactly what they're going to do. And so I- I'm super high on Dalton Schultz. I think this Houston team, and you said it before when we talked about Stroud, we think they're going to throw the ball a ton because they're just going to be down in games. I think that allows Dalton Schultz to feast, and so I'm super, super excited to see him here at tight end eight and inside this top 10 because I-, I think there's a big season in store for him.
0: Yeah, vo- this is again a combination of volume and skill set. And uh, I know he's going to an offense that isn't as exciting as Dallas, but they're going to throw not as much, but not too far off. Like I think as we talked about when the CJ Stroud conversation back when we did the QB rankings, uh, that I think this is a 600 pass attempt team this year. And and part of it is because they're going to be passing from behind. And Dalton Schultz right now is in the combination of proven skill set and high level skill set is the best combination of that currently on this team. Uh, Obviously, in a few years, we might see guys like Mechie or Nico Collins or Tank Dell or others kind of ascend into that spot. But going into this season, that player is Dalton Schultz. So uh, I'm really excited about him. He's one of those guys that's going to be losing a a little bit of volume in the offense that he's joining, but not as much as some of these other guys that we talked about earlier on this show. So. Uh, he is somebody that I really like a lot. And and right now is I'm surprised to be surprised that he's going uh, outside the top 10 tight ends, even just on name value. Uh, I, I guess the little H.O.U. next to his name in parentheses. They is can't be good. Right. Playing.
1: They can't be good. It's Houston. They're not going to be very good this year. So we can't you have, have, have
0: to be good to get fantasy points. It's
1: true. We you, you and I say it every year. Your team does not have yep. to be good for you to be fantasy relevant. Uh, Jamie, I would love for you to tell all the people how good Pat Fryermuth is. And oh, him man. being tight end seven. This guy is very good. He's the forgotten man. Drafted in the same draft class as Kyle Pitts, and everyone focused on Kyle Pitts, but tight end two in that class was Pat Fryermuth, and he's done nothing but be productive since coming into this league. I am not concerned about Darnell Washington being in that room as yep. well. They are going to utilize Pat Fryermuth. He's one of Kenny Pickett's favorite targets. I, I, man, I think there's just another step forward for for Fryermuth this, this, this year. I agree completely. Uh, he is one of the
0: few tight ends that I actually have projected to be a 100-target guy. This year, he gets the volume. He showed some connection with Kenny Pickett. He's got a nose for the end zone. Chris, I'm going to
1: use it. To, this is probably an improper use of a timeout because it's about this conversation. But I don't want to forget I've the question. Properly used the timeout, so it's okay. I, I would like to. I, I have a question about this. Do you yeah. feel that Kenny Pickett's limitations at quarterback is a huge boom here for for Pat Fryermuth because we know Kenny's not really going to be yeah, a huge, actually. we're slinging it down yeah. the field, so we're going to keep everything kind of close, and that's where Fryermuth can because Fryermuth to me is really good at he, he's good on the move, like catching and moving, he's really good at yeah. that, um, and so that feels like playing right into what Kenny Pickett's skill set is at least at this point of his career.
0: And I think it's a, it's a little bit of the way the Steelers' passing offense is constructed. You have oh that Matt Canada offense, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a little different story. But in terms of just the pass-catching weapons, like George Pickens is your down-the-field 50-50 guy, and he's your down-the-field guy because he is going to be your contested catch dude. Uh, and But you have a lot of possession guys. Uh, I think you're going to have Pat Fryermuth. You're going to have Deontay Johnson. You're going to have – I mean, there's, there's really positive reports. I'll believe it when I see it, but there's been positive reports about Allen Robinson there as well. But I think all those guys are the short-to-intermediate-volume guys – with Pickett is the guy you, or excuse me, Pickens is the guy that you that Pickett is taking, you know, five or six. Easy for shots you to say. The, yeah, it's not easy for me to say. Pickett, Pickens, Pat, Fryermuth, um, a lot of P's. Pittsburgh Steelers. Ps. It's not the killer bees anymore. It's the killer peas. Pat, Pickett, and Pickens.
1: You're, pr- you're, you're really proud of yourself there. You, I can tell. I can tell how proud you are that you came up with that.
0: I got to They got to, they got to draft the P running back now.
1: I'm going to keep us moving here. Uh, yes, Chris,
0: I, I, to the back to the back on track. Yes. I, I think Fryer is really underrated both in real life and in fantasy. And is somebody that I think is going to get a high level of production. And is by the way, has given it to you. It's not like we have to make a ton of projection here. He's already done it in, in the short term.
1: Yeah, I'm pulling up his numbers here to see what he gave you last year in terms of just pure statistics, not in terms of fantasy. But yeah, last year, the game, he, uh, right? he played in 16 games, had 98 yes. targets, caught two touchdowns and 732 yards. His rookie season had 79 targets, had 497 yards and seven touchdowns. So had a little bit of negative touchdown regression from year one to year yeah. two, but had way more targets and w- had 11.6 yards per reception. That's That's a nice number really? to have.
0: Let me pull up my handy dandy projections here, and let's see where I put Pat Frymer. So I have him on right on 100 targets on the dot, uh, 69 and a half catches, 695 yards, and four touchdowns. So that's where I have him. I have him as one of only seven tight ends to, excuse me, one of only eight tight ends that I have projected to score eight or more fantasy points per game this year, and only four, Chris. Only have four tight ends projected to score in double digits. Excuse me, four? That, uh, only
1: four touchdowns? Proje- uh, tight ends projected to score double digits on a weekly basis. That's
0: uh, that's, that's not great. Kind of emblem- it's, as the kids would say, it's emblematic uh, of the uh, of the position.
1: You think th- you, you think the kids say that? You think the kids use the term yeah, emblematic? Gen, Gen-, Gen-,
0: Gen-, Gen- Z's absolutely. Oh, that's
1: that's it. that's yeah. big in their repertoire. Yeah, it's right up there with Riz. Tied in number six, David Njoku. Let's continue to just uh, move along here before Jamie says something really stupid. Uh, David Njoku tied in six here, uh, Jamie. I-, I look at this offense, and they've got Amari Cooper. They've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've added Elijah Moore. They've added Cedric Tillman. They've got a good running game. But I still think David Njoku can be extremely productive in this offense because he has been one of the more productive members of this offense in recent years.
0: Yeah, he's he's really he's really progressed the last couple of years, and he really had a nice glow, glow up, as the kids would say, Chris, recently. So
1: the kids say that uh, more than they say uh, emblematic.
0: I'm sure that they do. But uh, I, again, another guy that I really like here. He's got some touchdown potential. You and I have gone back and forth about what we expect from Deshaun Watson this year uh, as an passer. It,
1: well, it's not it's not back and forth. I believe one thing; you believe another. There's no real wavering on either of our sides on
0: this. It's true. But I guess we had back and forth on different sides. Like, sure. debated. like Th- we debated. That's fair. That's fair. Law.
1: You and I are just in disagreement on what this looks like in 2020. Correct.
0: Correct. We are, we are on a disagreement here, but I think there's enough room in this offense for a few different guys to okay. eat. And David and joke are shown to have high upside and high upside week and matchup winning weeks. And so I expect them to throw a little bit more this year uh, than they have before they being in Cleveland. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited about him as well, Chris, but uh, doesn't quite hit the top five for me. Doesn't quite get to this range because like all these top five guys are, are, I have averaging 9.43 points or more. It's oddly specific. Uh, Makes
1: me think that's, maybe that's what Dallas Goddard's number is. Maybe that's. Maybe.
0: Uh, but but again, he is absolutely worthy of being in this middle class with the Pat Fryer moves of the world. And again, now you're kind of seeing as we're talking about these players, why I feel more comfortable with Kyle Pitts among these tight ends than I would where he's getting drafted. Like this is where I feel like is the fair range for
1: him. All right, Jamie. I mean, I, there's not a whole lot to reveal here. You've got Dallas Goddard five, and then your top four is exactly the way ADP is playing out and the exact way the expert consensus ranking. If you use the second timeout, go ahead. Use the timeout. I got out of the way. So, Chris, you uh, you mentioned my number five tight end, right? I did Dallas Goddard, yeah. This is where my line ends. Oh, this that's is, a that's an line. early line, my guy.
0: So if I'm not going to get one of these top five guys, which I am, by the way, I'm comfortable with any of these five guys at their current ADP or within reason of their ADP, I'm going to wait and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to have a few of these guys. And we're, and we're going to talk a lot more about this particular strategy when we do tomorrow's show uh, about sleepers and why I think this position is uniquely set up for you to, to not have to stress or press, or overdraft the middle class of tight ends. But this is the line for me. I think these are the clear top five for me. And I think the order is very clear to me, and you're going to reveal it in a second. I feel very good about the the way I have this numbered one through five in the specific order. And if I don't land one of these five guys, I am going to wait a
1: long time before I draft my tight end. But Dallas Scott at five, George Kittle four, T.J. Hawkinson three, Mark Andrews two, Travis Kelsey one. I mean, what's what's more there to say? Travis Kelsey is the unicorn of all unicorns at this position. He's the number one pass catching offense, uh, pass catcher option in the in an offense that is prolific in what they're able to do. Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver would probably rank somewhere inside the top ten in terms of points scored.
0: So, Chris, let me let me talk about this. Here are the only wide receivers that I have. Projected to score more on a weekly basis than Travis Kelsey, the tight end. Uh Jamar Chase, you've heard of him. Uh Cooper Cup. Two. Justin Jefferson. Three. three. Pretty good guy. Uh Tyreek Hill. Four.
1: C D Lamb. Five. Devontae Adams. Six. Stephon Diggs. Seven. That's it. So he would he would be wide receiver eight if he played. He would be wide receiver
0: eight for me. That's so, a good Travis Kelsey um, is. So that that's what I'm saying where Right now, I have him projected, and I guess in this case, we're going to kind of work down a little bit because we're already in the conversation. I have him projected to score 2.65 more points per game than tight end
1: two. Who is Mark Andrews?
0: I have him projected to score 5.31 points per game more than tight end
1: five. Dallas Cotter, as I already mentioned. So this
0: is like, when we talk about weekly advantages and i've i have pushed back up until last year i had pushed back heavily against drafting tight ends in round one whether it's been kelsey well it's almost always been kelsey but even if we want to go back in the day and we want to talk about like antonio gates or 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 some of those guys that were Mm -hmm. clearly their tight end one of the group depending on how long you've played fantasy kids those days also used the phrase emblematic yeah
1: they did Um, certainly um
0: However, they also drafted like Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson in, in the top five. But those were those, were, those were different era of football. I can't fight against it anymore. He is providing the, the standard the, – the, not the standard deviation. Yeah, the standard deviation. That is right. Uh, between his scoring and the next best tight end and the quote-unquote average tight end – is so much greater than it is at any other position that he almost necessitates you taking him in the first round. He is somebody that I've grabbed a few shares of in the first round in best ball leagues because he allows you to grab, for those that play in that format, you grab Travis Kelsey, and then you just grab one random-ass tight end late that does that has a different bye week, and that is it. You you then draft an extra receiver, you draft an extra running back in, in your best ball strategy because nobody's get, you're never going to want to run a tight end that's going to outplay Travis Kelsey. It's not going to happen. So... Uh, he is somebody that I think is is going to be a huge asset for you. And by the way, I only have 10 running backs projected to average more fantasy points per game. So, like, this is an elite option. This guy would rank, if you if you change his position, he would rank as an RB1 or a wide receiver one. Like, it's that's insane. how many points he scores. It's insane. So, I am all in on him. Mark Andrews, number two, I think is the very clear option for me. Uh, I have him projected as one of only two tight ends. I'll let you sit back and guess who the other tight end is. Uh, To have 1,000 receiving yards this season, I expect the Ravens to throw more, which I think will help mitigate some of the lost target share that might be going to a healthier Rashad Bateman for however long he's healthy. For Adele Beckham Jr., for however long he's healthy. For Chris's favorite receiver, Zay Flowers. I still think that, again, his target share might drop, but his total targets might not go that far. I think this is another thousand yard season from him. I have him going over a dozen fantasy points per game. And then the next tier is a little bit of a smaller drop, you know, about a point, point and a half drop. Hawkinson and Kittle. And I think they're very similar talents. Uh, I just trust Hawkinson's health a little bit more than I trust George Kittle's health. I trust Hawkinson's quarterback situation a little bit more than I trust Kittle's quarterback situation. Both those guys are elite options to me. Uh, and that would be the next two downs. So if we go Kelsey clear one, Andrews clear two. Or, and then you have Hawkinson and Kittle and that clear next group. Then there's a gap a little bit, then Dallas Goddard. And then there's a gap. And then I'm waiting.
1: There you have it, folks. You
0: talked about I'm waiting
1: the top so six. There you have it, folks the top 16 tight ends for Jamie Eisner in 2023. A conversation about basically every single one of them that found themselves in this list. But we've got one more episode of tight end week in front of us. That is the sleepers episode, which is on the docket for tomorrow's show. We've got a couple of names uh, in 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 the hopper that we are ready to discuss and deep dive into on tomorrow's show. So you're going to want to come on back and see us again tomorrow. In the meantime, while you're waiting for that to happen, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share the show, catch us in the YouTube version of of the show as well. So you can see the video version. And while you're over there, uh, give the video a thumbs up, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all those things. Helps us out a ton, helps us continue to grow this show ahead of the start of football season. That is going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. We've got tight end sleepers on the docket for tomorrow. We'll talk to you all then.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.